Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. What's up, friends? It's Nick, your host of Nick's Nerd News. Welcome to the show. It is April 20th, 420 Blaze It, what? I, I, I don't know, I don't partake in the, in the ganja, I'm not a, I'm not a user of the Mary Jane, uh, nothing against it, nothing against it, but, but, uh, I don't, I don't know, uh, today's a, an unofficial holiday, I, I guess, that's the most awkward opening we've ever had here on Nixner News. Uh, in all seriousness, no. In all seriousness, no. In all seriousness, though, welcome to the show, guys, fans, all. Uh, happy you guys can be here. It is, uh, we're on our 205th, 206th episode of Nick's Nerd News. Something crazy like that. It's, it's wild, wild, right? And I mean, I'm sure most of you have been listening for the last, you know, four years that we've we've been on it's uh it's been a wild ride we're getting we're gonna be uh we will be at our fourth anniversary in just a few weeks uh it's crazy it's crazy is what it is um i don't know i i'm i'm stoked to be here you guys stoked to be here i don't know we're gonna talk about some fun things today uh i did see fantastic beasts uh, Secrets of Dumbledore today, so we will talk about that today. Um, some other things going on, and what uh, what's going on with you guys, huh? Well, well, tell me, tell me what's going on with you guys, huh? Is it uh, is it good? Is it uh, is it fun? Are you playing anything new? Are you guys playing Elden Ring? What what's 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 going on, huh? Anyway. You guys uh, uh, probably wondering why we haven't been putting the 101 League on stream on stream lately. Uh, we're just having some technical difficulties. Hopefully, we'll be back soon. Uh, that's still going down though. Every Saturday, you guys are more than welcome to come out to panels, comic book and coffee bar out in Oceanside to to watch the uh, watch or compete in the Super Smash Mother, Super Smash Brothers Melee tournaments. So that's happening every Saturday from 1 to 4. Uh, with that being said, let's just get right into it, shall we? What's going on in the world today? In the nerd world today? Let's, uh, f- let's focus, right? We don't, we don't talk about everything. That'd be depressing, wouldn't it? Well, anyway, did you know that Sonic is getting an official game inside of Roblox? What even is Roblox? I don't know. I know children play it. I know my nephew plays it. Do I know what it is? Have I ever seen Roblox? To be honest, no. No, I do not. I don't know what's going on. But you can play Sonic inside of it. Which is, I, I guess, a thing now. It's a game within a game within a game. It's Inception. That was a terrible joke. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, Cyberpunk DLC has been delayed to at least next year, 2023. Uh, they do have a full team working on it. They did clarify that. Cyberpunk has sold 18 million copies since its release in December of 20, was it 2019 now? Um, and, or 2020, excuse me, December 2020. And, uh, in the meantime... You know, The Witcher 3 has sold 40 million copies, I think, since its release, I think it said. I don't know, but 18 million copies over a year, slow amount of time. Um, the internet and gaming world were all in a tizzy last week. Uh, PlayStation Studios announced that they were going to make more acquisitions. Uh, Hideo Kojima then puts a, a PlayStation Studios banner on his Twitter, Instagram, and all this. So everyone starts thinking that, you know, Kojima Productions was purchased by PlayStation. 
all for us to find out that probably not. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so Kojima out here trolling everyone, making everyone think that he sold the studio. Then he comes out like, nah, fam, nah. Remaining independent. Like, bruh, don't be playing with people's emotions like that, dude. Especially after they announced he's working on a project with Xbox. Granted, I'm sure that would still come to fruition. Uh, Microsoft has allowed Bethesda projects to remain in their timed exclusivity. Um, like Ghostwire Tokyo and, of course, uh, uh, Deathloop. So we'll see what happens. Uh, it's been announced that both Xbox and PlayStation uh, want to include advert ad, advertisements advertisements in some of their free-to-play games. Now, I'm sure this is not something I'm I'm happy to hear. Uh, granted, if it can bring down the cost of things within these free-to-play games, then I'm all for it. Um, Microsoft is looking into it. PlayStation is looking into it. It, it wouldn't happen until later in the year. Uh, this is all per Business Insider. Um, Microsoft, though, won't take a cut of the advertising revenue. And, interesting. The revenue from the ads will be shared between the developer and the respective ad company. Actually, I, I'm more okay with that. As long as they don't take a cut and it goes to the developer, then I'm fine. Um... They want to provide developers that tool. I'm not super on board with that. Um, obviously, we don't need more advertisements at all. Uh, I remember like Madden did this back in 2008 because I remember seeing like Snickers ads that were new. And then they had like political ads, I think, for Obama and McCain back then. Um, PlayStation is doing this as well. This was per Advertising Insider, though. Um but it would just be to be able to monetize them beyond microtransactions and battle passes. Not on board with that either. Uh, granted, like I said, if, if it means that microtransactions will be minimal and cheaper because of the advertisements, then I'm, I'm for it. Uh, if, if microtransactions stay the same and they still have these ads, I'm not for it. I'm not really for it in general, but it's, it's more palpable if... If it has to do with with bringing the cost of microtransactions down because the developer is making more money off, off advertisements inside of their game, and and, and obviously we all know they're going to be they're going to be uh, targeted based off what you say, based off your 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 internet. Like I could I don't even have to say shit, but if I search for it on one computer, it will show up on my phone because it's on the same Wi-Fi network which is some bullshit. And then I get advertisements for like my company because my phone hears me say our fucking company word name all day at work that it just it gives me ads for shit I don't even need. And then like this is my I know I'm going on a little rant about ads now, but like I bought a new alarm clock recently and my cousin's like, "Oh, you should have bought this one." And then I searched for that one. And now I'm getting ads for it everywhere. Instagram, YouTube, banner ads. Like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? I'm tired of targeted ads. I'm just over it. Fucking over it, dude. It's insane. Insane. Uh, what are we going on to next? Allegedly, can't go a week without talking about Activision, can we? Uh, allegedly, Activision has not had conversations with Microsoft on, on what is going to happen with Bobby Kotick once they take over, uh, post-closing employment arrangements, quote-unquote. Um, I don't believe that. Per Steven Totillo of Axios, formerly of Kotaku, um, this was filed in with the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, about their planned sale. Uh, it says, quote, no discussions or negotiations regarding post-closing employment arrangements with Microsoft occurred between Microsoft and Mr. Kodak prior to the approval and execution of the merger agreement. 
and the transactions contemplated thereby or have occurred subsequent to such approval and execution through the date thereof, unquote. I'm going to tell you right now, I can bet money I don't have that Bobby Kotick will not be remaining with Activision after the merger. If he does, then Microsoft has been extremely hypocritical in how they're handling all of this. I really don't think he's going to remain at the company, though. I don't think a lot of people think he's going to remain at the company. So it will definitely be interesting to watch over the next year or so after everything finalizes. Uh, Exploding Kittens, the tabletop card game, uh, has signed a first-of-its-kind allegedly deal with, with, with Netflix. Uh, looks like a new version of, of a, a new deck will be launching exclusively on Netflix. I don't. I guess it will be a digital version of the game, uh, as well as it's getting its own animated spinoff show on Netflix as well. If you're unfamiliar with Exploding Kittens, I personally never played it, but but I, I know what it is. Um, it, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like Cards Against Humanity. Um, it was a Kickstarter project, and I, I guess you just draw cards and take it, it, it's, it's just a different version of, um, it's essentially just a different version of Cards Against Humanity, or similar to it, I should say. Uh, I, I have never played it, I'm reading here, but I, I've always seen it, it looks fun, I just, I think I need to try it out. Um, Mike Judge is working on it, which, and Greg Daniels, all for it then. All for it if both of those guys are involved. Then, then we know it's good. Then we know it's good. <laughs> um, so Ed Freeze, who used to run Xbox, uh, before he left in 2004, was on a, uh, Xbox podcast. I don't remember the name of it, though. Um, he was talking about when he was at Microsoft and different things. And he said that at multiple points, multiple times in the 90s and early 2000s, he tried to buy Blizzard. This is back before Vivendi owned them. So this is pre-WoW, essentially. Um, and, and he talked about how he made multiple bids for the company, but was very unsuccessful. And, and it's it just, it's funny that it comes full circle that Microsoft is now buying Activision um, 20 plus years later. Uh, the Minecraft movie, which has kind of been in development hell for the last several years, may have new life. Uh, after Rob McElhinney of It's Always Sunny left the project a few years back, uh, it's now being reported that Jason Momoa is in talks to Helm, not Helm, I shouldn't say Helm because he's not going to be directing it, uh, to star in the film uh, as the voice of, of, of Steve. Steve, now... What the story and will end up being, or what the movie will be about, of course, is still very unknown. I'm sure that the, the script has now changed several times since then. Um, but we, we now know that Jason Momoa is in talks to star in the Minecraft film as it looks to get started up for a third time now uh, after Rob McElhinney passed on the project several years back. There is a Streets of Rage movie in development now from the John Wick creator, which, if anyone's suited to make a Streets of Rage movie, it would definitely be him. Uh, Streets of Rage, of course, uh, the fourth game just recently re re released. Uh, Streets of Rage is a classic beat-em-up arcade game from the 1980s uh, and 90s. And if someone could make... If the man who made John Wick made it such a popular game, a movie, I think we could definitely, his talents could definitely be used to make a great movie around Streets of Rage and the whole beat-em-up genre in general. But I, I think that would be a, a match made in heaven. Uh, and, and the biggest news of the week, video game-wise, if, if you ask me, uh, it, has, it is being reported by Bloomberg that... Sega is working on big-budget reboots of both 
Crazy Taxi and Jet Set Radio Future. This makes me so friggin' happy. We have needed a new Crazy Taxi for so damn long. I am not kidding. Like it's it's been way too damn long since we've had a legit Crazy Taxi game. This makes me stoked. I'm not kidding. So stoked. Crazy Taxi is literally one of my favorite game franchises. And I think I own like several copies of it. I never had um, I never had a Dreamcast, so I had to wait for it to like come to Xbox way later. I always played it in arcades when I could. Uh, my only thing... Uh, and I know I know a lot of people like Jet Set Radio. I, I can't speak to it that much. Um, my my only thing though is if you're gonna bring Crazy Taxi back, you need to also make sure that we bring back um, the offspring in the in this in the soundtrack. Like if Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One and Two remake or whatever we call it now can have most of its original soundtrack, then we need, yeah, 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 yeah. Day after day, (laughs) you know, the offspring in in a Crazy Taxi reboot. That's all I'm going to say about that. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, I don't know why I emulated Forrest Gump there. But yes, Sega working on big budget reboots of Crazy Taxi and Jet Set Radio. Very, very stoked. Um, Blizzard developers were talking uh, recently. Uh, They recently just announced new Dragonflight, the new expansion for World of Warcraft, where you can finally play as a dragon, I think. Um, But they also said that if, if the players want it, they will continue updating WoW Classic up through Cataclysm, which... Cataclysm only came out a few years ago, if I remember correctly. Uh, uh, excuse me, Cataclysm came out in 2010. Holy fuck, that was 12 years ago. Um, yeah, so if you want it, Classic will go up through Cataclysm. Uh, recently also, Mario O'Donnell and... Um, crap, who did he work with on the Halo... Um, Anyway, Marty O'Donnell, who was the composer of the Halo games, uh, as lo- along with his Mike Salvatore, his co-composer, have settled their uh, legal dispute with Microsoft amicably and out of court. Um, it, it's essentially over royalties that he says he was owed. I do believe that. Um, and and looks like it 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 like I said it was it was amicably amicably resolved quote-unquote, per O'Donnell. Hopefully this means we can finally get the the Halo music in in the Halo show. Uh, I'm sure that was probably one of the reasons. Um, But yes, it it was a fight over if it was work for hire or contract work. Uh, O'Donnell says he signed a contract that said he'd be owed royalties forever, all this other stuff. I'm happy they resolved it. I'm happy Marty's happy. Marty is literally one of the best video game composers out there, um, and hopefully this means we'll get real Halo music in the Halo show, if that's the reason we weren't getting it. And then uh, it was announced this week that a new Star Wars game is also in development again. Another, this marks like the eighth game in development, I think. Per StarWars.com, it was announced that Skydance New Media uh, will be developing a new game. And if you're wondering who Skydance New Media is, well, that is Amy Hennig's new studio. And you're like, wait, Nick, who? Amy Hennig, didn't she make the Uncharted games? Yes. And guess what else she was working on? She was over at Visceral Games working on Project Ragtag, the Star Wars game that got canceled by EA. That's that epic Star Wars game that had, like, the scoundrel dude walk out of a cantina. It was like, it looked like Tatooine, where, like, there were Imperial banners and a fucking Star Destroyer in the sky. Like, oh my god, 
oh my god, please, please tell me that Star Wars has the rights to that and not EA and that Amy Hennig can keep working on that game because that would be fucking epic. Shout out to Amy Hennig, who's literally one of the coolest developers. Uh, also in the news, I, I guess this is somewhat gaming related. It's tabletop, right? Trading card game. Uh, the Pokemon company has acquired the company behind uh, their trading cards, essentially. So they've entered into an agreement that will, uh, to purchase the company um, called Millennium Print Group. Uh, per GamesIndustry.biz, they will now become a fully owned subsidiary of the Pokemon company. They will continue to operate independently. Uh, the price has not been disclosed. And they have been making Pokemon cards since 2015. And allegedly this will allow them to do it much more efficiently. Whatever that means. And president of the Pokemon company Kenji Okubo said, quote, The talented team at Millennium Print Group has been an important partner to the Pokemon company International for many years. Helping us bring the Pokemon trading card game to our fans with the quality they expect. By joining forces in a more meaningful way, our goal is to enhance the ways our organizations work together and continue to bring the highest quality Pokemon TCG products to market. Simultaneously, we aim to develop Millennium into an even better, bigger, state-of-the-art version of their already exceptional organization, benefiting not just Pokemon, but all of their customers, unquote. So it looks like they're going to keep printing whoever they uh, print for currently. Uh, like I said, they are based out of North Carolina. Who printed the Pokemon cards before? I know Wizards of the Coast did it at one point. Um, I want to know who else they print cards for. Print group. They're a commercial printer. Let me take a look. Facilities, keep company. I don't want to work there. I just want to know who you guys print. I guess it doesn't say it on here. I guess they do a lot of stuff. Um, maybe there's a news article that says what else they print. Uh, let's see. Make an app. Had to start. Uh, nope, nobody knows. Um, who knows? I don't know. Do you know? I don't. Anywho, let's just hope this means it'll be easier to get cards again. That's all I care about. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles will now release in July, several months earlier than originally expected. That's not something you hear often in gaming these days, a game releasing early. Um, <laughs> geez, that's, uh, that's definitely a new one. Uh, Snoop Dogg is also now available in Call of Duty Warzone and... Vanguard, just in time for 420. No shock there. Uh, so now you can drop in with your squad as Snoop Dogg. Uh, Sonic Origins has a release date of June 2023, uh, June 23rd of this year. Excuse me. Uh, it is a full remaster of Sonic, Sonic CD, Sonic 2, and Sonic 3. It's got some weird, interesting perks for different pre-orders. Uh, Bungie says there is a pre-order uh, pre on the brain. Bungie says there is an Easter egg for their next project inside of Destiny 2, mimicking what they did uh, when Destiny was teased in way back in Halo 3 ODST back in 2009. And they were still not done with Halo at that point. So that's, they've been work, they were working on Destiny, or at least uh, getting Destiny ready back then. Uh, there was also the MetaQuest Showcase today, showing off new VR games for the MetaQuest, including Ghostbusters VR, uh, Resident Evil 4 Mercenaries, um, NFL Pro Era, the first officially licensed NFL VR game, Among Us VR, yes, you heard that right, Cities VR, as in Cit City Skylines, uh, new DLC for Beat Saber, and several other games were announced. Um, God, I, I want I want a VR headset. I think I'm gonna have to wait for that one though. Uh, and then our final gaming news today: uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson will executive produce 
a movie based on the game It Takes Two, uh, the indie darling that took over the gaming industry last year. Uh, it Takes Two will be getting a film adaptation from executive producer Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Anyway, moving on to TV. Uh, Seth MacFarlane will be voicing Ted in a new prequel series telling the story of Ted and John when John was younger. Yeah, you heard that right. We're getting a Ted prequel series. I'm all fucking for it. I want to hear that foul-mouthed teddy bear more and more and more. I'm, I'm stoked on that. Uh, KJ Appa, currently known as Archie, on the Riverdale show on the CW, uh, has joined the Wonder Twins program that's going to be premiering on HBO Max in the, in the near future. Yes, the Wonder Twins from the old Super Friends show. Wonder Twins, Wonder Powers, activate! Where they, uh, Wonder Twin turn into a... What does he turn into? A bucket of water, I think, in one episode? Fucking Wonder Twins, man. What a joke. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland was uh, being interviewed by, I think it was GQ. And he said that uh, he is... 100% down to play Jack Bauer again. Uh, he said that the story is not finished and it, it's definitely um, definitely something he would go back to. He never wants to close the door on it. He had a lot of fun playing Jack Bauer. If we do bring 24 back, please do a full 24 episodes. I'm, I'm tired of this this 12-hour bullshit because it, it just it doesn't... It, it doesn't, uh, uh, the show doesn't flow right. Like, it, it needs to be the full 24 hours. You need to see every hour. The doot, 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 doot. You know, the countdown. It needs to do the whole fucking thing if we bring it back. Uh, Marvel has announced that uh, the unbearable, unbeatable Squirrel Girl, uh, starring Melania Von Trieb, Vanitrub, I'm saying her name wrong. Uh, the girl from the uh, AT&T commercials is moving forward uh, after having been announced many, many years ago. However, it will not be a TV show anymore. Uh, it will now be a podcast. Yes, they are going to make a Squirrel Girl podcast starring Melania Van Vanitrub, uh, who originally was supposed to be the star of the TV show, if it ever had gotten made. Uh, Netflix is facing major, major issues right now. Stock prices plummeted uh, to its lowest point since 2018. They announced they lost 200,000 subscribers and are expecting to lose at least 2 million more in the next uh, quarter or so. Uh, Reed Hastings has said he is exploring the possibility of finally having a lower-cost ad-supported tier of Netflix. I don't think that would ever make it. Uh, they're going to crack down on password sharing in the U.S. after doing a soft launch in South America and several other places. I think this is this is going to hurt Netflix even more. I, I think they, they grew too big is what happened. And what they need to do is restructure their pricing tiers, right? The 4K stuff should not be locked behind the most expensive for multiple users tier, right? Like, make make several tiers available. Uh-oh. but And, oh, also, stop making just more content than anyone. Stop. Half of it isn't watched. Half of it's garbage. Like, you need to have content that people want. Obviously, you're going to lose a lot, of, a lot of subscribers with the Rona coming somewhat to an end. I don't want to say it's over, because... We don't know that, but a lot of people are going back to work. Obviously, they can't be home binging Netflix anymore. And there's more, more content available on other streaming platforms as, as they step it up uh, from what they offered even a year ago. Uh, Kareem has spoken out against winning time. Uh, so has Jerry West. Uh, Jerry West is asking for an official apology in, in the way they... Uh, due in part to the way they portray him on the show. Uh, Kareem, in a Substack blog post, said, 
uh, quote, there's only one immutable sin in writing. Don't be boring. Winning Time commits that sin over and over. I'll start with the bland characterization. The characters are crude stick figure representations that resemble real people, the way Lego Han Solo resembles Harrison Ford, unquote. Um, I, I uh, kind of agree with him. Um, the show, I think, focuses way too much on Dr. Buss and magic, and I, I get that's what they're, the story they're trying to tell, but, but they, they make Kareem and everyone else seem as kind of like one-note one characters. Um, it got to the point where I even texted my friend. I'm not a big Laker fan. Um, I'm a Miami Heat fan, actually. But I texted my friend. I was like, is Jerry West really like that? And he hadn't had started watching yet. But it's like, you, you almost wonder, like, is, are these caricatures? Are these, what, what is this? Um, I always thought, like, Kareem was a nice dude. And they kind of make him off seem as this cold, callous dude. Um, it, even to the point where Kareem was a little upset with how they portray him in the first episode because he's afraid it will hurt how people see him and how he interacts with children, considering he has a charity that focuses on helping children and he doesn't want his charity to suffer. Um, and uh, he keeps going on and on about different things and then uh, just just his issues with the show. And I, I get it's a dramatization, but sometimes it... It seems like it's a dramatization at the expense of, of the truth more than anything. And, like, at one point they highlight this character and it's like future billionaire. I looked this guy up. Dude's not even worth $100 million. It's like, why, why are you going to call a dude out and claim this about someone and he's not even worth $100 million, But you're going to call him a future billionaire? I I know that's nitpicking, right? But it's like... Then I come to find out that a lot of this other stuff is they're playing with the timeline, they're adjusting some things, and, and I get it. Again, it's a dramatization, but it's a dramatization at the expense of, of straying too far from the truth, and you don't want that either. And you're going to give people a twisted, warped reality of what was really going on, and uh, I, the Lakers are already in this mythic status, right? In their their dynasty, and it's like, do you do you want to add to that or or tell some truth to it? And and that's interesting for sure. Uh, the Twisted Metal Show has hired a director, uh, Kitao Sakurai, who was a director on the Eric Andre Show, has signed on to direct several episodes of the Twisted Metal Show that will star Anthony Mackie. As John Doe, who I think ends up becoming Sweet Tooth. Uh, and then two couple things here before we move on. Uh, the Halo show. The most recent episode last week was it was it was boring. After the third episode, which was great, you know we have a uh, what amounts to a filler episode. And and you know Star Trek Picard did this last week as as well. CBS or Paramount Plus is famous for this. My issue, when you're doing a 10-episode a season, you should not have filler episodes. And I think I talked about this last week on the show, too. Filler episodes are the worst possible thing when you have a limited episode count. Filler episodes are fine when you have a 23-episode season, you're on for several years. Filler episodes are fucking garbage when you only have eight episodes to tell your story. Because that's a whole episode that is wasted. It doesn't move the plot forward. It doesn't move character development forward. It's just there. The whole fourth episode of the Halo show did not have to be spent uh, on the story they were telling in that whole fucking episode. It was so bad. And I am so over the way... They are treating the Spartans. They are trying to humanize the Spartans way too fucking much. And I am so happy the show has a new showrunner. Because this dude is dropping the ball heavily. The show is, is too, too up and down. You need to be consistent if you're going to tell a story like this. Especially across eight or nine episodes. You can't have filler episodes. You can't be boring. And you can't betray the source material this much. I know it's a different timeline, but at this point, you might as well be telling 
like a non-Halo story the way they're going. It, it it's ridiculous. Okay, and the fact that it's at this point, leave the fucking helmet off. Don't even put the helmet back on, John. Uh, like I I I, I it, it's 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 so pointless. I I don't this dude. I don't know if what he was doing when he went to three four three. He must not have been paying attention. And then, I'm not usually one to complain about nudity in a show. There's too much nudity in Halo. I didn't need to see uh, Burn Gorman's ass, the the resistance, the insurrection dude, governor of the of of the uh, the planet Magical. Also, the Quan Ha storyline. Fucking ditch it. It sucks. I, I don't know why we're, we're focusing on her beyond like the first two episodes. It's a garbage story. I don't care at all. They did nothing to make me want to care about this girl. Also, like I said, either leave the helmet on or leave it off. Don't even bother flipping and flopping with him having it on and off, on and off, on and off. Like, it, it's fucking stupid. No one does that. You either wear it all the time or you don't. It, I it just, just, it's annoying. It's really annoying. I, I hope, I hope things get more streamlined in season two. Also, are, are we just believing that there's just only four Spartans left in the show? Like, I get in the first game, we're made to think that John's the only Spartan left. And then we learn about Kelly and, and Fred and all them. And then we also find out that, you know, there were Spartan 3s on Reach as well. But are, are we to believe that there's literally only four Spartans left now? I, I, think, I think that's a disservice too. I, I don't know why they went with Silver Team and not Blue Team. Um, you could have told a different story even with Blue Team. And... and just stop trying to overhumanize the Spartans. Stop trying to give them like this out of being robotic. Like that's the whole fucking point of them. It's the whole point of them. And you can humanize them in a way. Look at what Halo 4 and Halo 5 did. They humanized John and even Infinite in more ways than ever before, yet he's still that like robotic soldier. And they don't have to fucking take his helmet off. It, it's 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 taking all the wrong lessons from the Mandalorian, I think, and st- just it just needs to stop being boring. That's that's the main thing, and stop having filler episodes, because they're a disservice when you only have nine episodes to tell a story. That was a quick rant. <laughs> uh, on to Moon Knight, though. Moon Knight is honestly becoming my second favorite MCU show. After Loki. The action is great. CGI is not great. But the action is great. The story is great. The dual realities and possible third reality between Mark and Steven is is amazing. And they're dynamic. The story with the Egyptian gods is great. Last week week we got the Aeneid uh, with Osiris and all that. This week we got... uh, I can't. I don't remember her name. She's the the goddess that's a that's a that's a, a hippo, um, and the the final few minutes of the episode are uh, a little mind blowing, if you ask me. But I think I think this show is is doing something I never expected a Marvel show to do, um, and then we even get to go to Alexander the Great's tomb. Who would have thought we would have gone to Alexander the Great's tomb? In a Marvel show, no less. Um, I really dig it. I wish... It was weird without Konshu in this episode. uh, But other Egyptian gods and other fantastical things happening. I'm really digging it. Uh, It sucks that it sounds like we're only getting one season of the show when they submitted it for Emmy consideration. But Moon Knight is great. The writing is great. The story is great. The fighting is great. And it makes you stop and think of What's what's real and what isn't? Almost like Westworld, uh, to a to a point. And and I, I well the first season of Westworld I should say, 
Um, and that's really cool. Uh, that's it for TV. Let's talk about movies. Uh, literally just, just news dropped as I was getting ready to record. Uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, the sequel to Into the Spider-Verse, has unfortunately been delayed to June 2023 from October of this year. In Across the Spider-Verse has been delayed almost eight months to June of 2023. Damn it, Sony. What is going on, huh? What's that about, Sony? Get your shit together. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Joseph Kaczynski, the director of Top Gun Maverick, says he has shot 800 hours worth of footage for that movie. To put that in perspective, that's the total amount of footage they shot for all three Lord of the Rings movies back in 2001, 2, and 3. Yeah, 800 hours of footage. Uh, and then I recently saw like a featurette on the film. Each of the stars had to learn how to film themselves in the cockpit of, of the planes as they all learned how to fly uh, and would fly the jets. They all had to learn a bit of cinematography and had to be able to film themselves in the planes. That's really fucking cool. Uh, Top Gun Maverick, of course, comes out in June. Uh, Fast 10 has officially gotten a new name. Uh, and it will be called Fast X. Well, Fast 10. It's the Roman numeral for 10. Uh, and it just says Fast and it has an X behind it. It looks like a headlight. Uh, Straw Hat Goofy on TikTok was like, you literally could have just called it Fasten. Like, fasten your seatbelts. Fast 10. But you went with Fast X. No one's going to call it Fast 10. You know that. Everyone's going to call it Fast X. That's some dumb shit right there. I'm stoked, though. I fucking love the Fast movies. You guys know that. Uh, Susan Sarandon will take the place of um, Sharon Stone. Ooh, can't talk today. Uh, Susan Sarandon will take the place of Sharon Stone as the main villain of the Beetle... Blue Beetle film for DC. Blue Beetle, of course, telling the story of Jaime Reyes uh, getting the scarab and turning him into the superhero of the Blue Beetle. Uh, Fantastic Beasts wins the weekend with $43 million. Uh, however, it was a franchise low for the Wizarding Worlds. The lowest opening weekend of any of the Harry Potter or Fantastic Beasts films to date. Um... That being said, the Batman has crossed $750 million at the worldwide box office, and it is now available to stream on HBO Max, so we'll see how it affects those numbers. Um, and, and sticking with DC here for a second, uh, the new CEO of Warner Brothers Discovery, um, whose name is David Zaslav, wants to overhaul the DC... Uh, studios, their, their, their movie and TV output, uh, per variety. Um, he wants to install a Kevin Feige-like figure, a creative guru, quote-unquote, to, quote, keep all the different factions at DC working more harmoniously, unquote. Um, they tried to hire Emma Watts from 20th Century Studios. She's not going to do that. Um... Zaslav liked the fact that, quote, top shelf characters such as Superman, unquote, have languished. Uh, films like Joker, though, quote, are a shining example of second build characters, unquote, hitting it big time. Um, while Walter Hamada has somewhat stabilized the ship, I... Look. I agree they maybe need a Kevin Feige-like figure. I agree that maybe we're playing in too many different universes. My understanding is that the Flash is supposed to maybe fix some of that. Uh, who knows how what's going to go down as Ezra Miller has been arrested once again. This time they were arrested for second degree assault. Uh, a heftier crime than, than previ the previous arrest. I don't know what, what's going on with them. At all. That's very problematic. While I agree that maybe there needs to be a Kevin Feige-like figure at DC, I, I think 
we need to leave it where everything plays in its own little universe, right? The multiverse as a whole, I think DC can do much better with that than, than Marvel. More people know about the DC multi multiverse in general than they do about the Marvel multiverse, right? When you talk to people about comics, they know about Crisis on Infinite Earths. They know about Earth Prime. They know about Earth One. They know that there's the Dark Knight's Metal with the negative Earths, right? Um, we know that there's there's multiple iterations of, of different characters because they, they cross over more often. Marvel, on the other hand, you like forget that they have a multiverse. You forget that there was the Ultimate Universe, which is separate from the main universe. You forget... You don't see multiple iterations of, of characters in the main continuity, right? And that's where... I know they're trying to set that up with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. But overall, I, I think DC has a better foothold with it. They consolidated their TV universe, right? With, with Crisis... Um, in, in with Crisis on Infinite Earths in the Arrowverse, right? You you brought in the uh, what was it? The Teen Titans or um, Titans? It's called right on HBO Max. The Doom Patrol people, uh, the eight, Batman eighty nine universe and stuff like that. A lot of those were brought in, um, and and then you even consolidated the different shows of the Arrowverse because they were technically on different Earths. But I, I personally think it should be left somewhat that way. And you play around in different universes. Because, first off, you're too entrenched in the Zack Snyder, in the Snyderverse, right? You have Wonder Woman 3 coming out. You have Aquaman 2 coming out. You have Shazam 2. You have Black Adam. Those are all within the Snyderverse, right? And I... I feel like you can't entirely reboot it with The Flash. The Flash technically is within the Snyderverse as well, right? And I know you're bringing in Batman 89. I know it's Ben Affleck's swan song. Then you have the Batgirl movie that's coming, and that is part of the Snyderverse as well. So I, I don't, we don't know what's happening with the Wonder Twins. We don't know what's happening with Blue Beetle and some of the other films they've announced. But... I, you you can't do this when you got stuff in the can or already being filmed and I, I just I think they need to dial it back a bit or if this guy comes in you build off the Snyderverse because there are parts there that people like and enjoy look at how well the Snyder Cut did people like Ben Affleck's Batman even though he's not going to be doing it anymore people like Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. People like Henry Cavill as Superman. We need another Henry Cavill Superman film. People like Jason Momoa as Aquaman. Right? People like Ezra Miller as The Flash. However, they have some issues they need to work out. And maybe we can just either put Grant Gustin in, because we know they've met. We know the Arrowverse and the Snyderverse have connected in some form or fashion. Um... Or you just bring in uh, Wally West. Simple, right? You get rid of Barry Allen, you bring in Wally West. That's easy fix. Also, if this new person comes in, they need to issue an apology to Ray Fisher and get something moving with Cyborg right away. Simple as that. Simple as that. If that actually happens. But don't metal with DC movies anymore because that's what got you here into this problem in the first place. Let the directors do what they're doing. DC movies are, in general, going to always be a little bit darker in tone than Marvel movies. It's okay. You don't have to copy Marvel. They copy themselves with every movie. Um, speaking of Marvel, we finally got a teaser trailer for the lore of it. Lore, th 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 Thor, Love, and Thunder. Thor, Love, and Thunder is what I'm talking about. And we see Thor training in an outfit that is reminiscent of Forrest Gump. Uh, we see him hanging out with the Guardians of the Galaxy without Gamora. We see political turmoil in New Asgard, and it looks like Asgardians have switched to wearing 
um, Earth clothes and suits and things like this. We see Jane Foster Thor and some other epic shots of, of Thor with Stormbreaker. And I am very excited for this movie. It looks very fun. Very, very fun. And I can't wait to see how it plays out. I have the utmost faith in Taika Waititi. And Thor interacting with the Guardians was some of the best part of Endgame and Infinity War, so I'm happy to see more of that. Uh, And it all to the backdrop of Sweet Child of Mine from Guns N' Roses. And oh, also more Korg, and I'm always for more Korg. Hey, I'm Korg, leader of the Resistance here a bit. Korg's a great character, of course, voiced by Taika. Uh, Hayden Christensen was being interviewed, and he said to prepare for, um, for, for the Kenobi show, he binged Star Wars, The Clone Wars, and Star Wars Rebels. Uh, he had never watched them, and he wanted to see where the character had been taken. Um, in terms of like his relationship with Obi-Wan and how it was built upon and uh, how we got from episode two to three. And you know what? Props to Hayden. Props to Hayden for watching the Clone Wars and Rebels, man. That's, that's, that's cool. Would never expect in a million years someone to do that, to prepare. But he did, and I, I, I dig that. I dig that a lot. Um, and then... Uh, Jackass 4.5 has been announced. It will release on May 20th, a month from today, on Netflix of all places. Uh, yeah, Jackass 4.5, and it will feature content that was not in the theatrical cut. Um, I'm surprised it's on Netflix and not Paramount Plus, though. It's weird. But, considering I just watched Jackass Forever, I am stoked that I get more new content. Um... And then before we talk about the Fantastic Beasts movie, uh, it's been announced that Andy Serkis is finally moving forward on his Animal Farm adaptation that he's been working on for the better part of a decade. I think he announced it like a decade ago, literally, that he was going to make an adaptation of Animal Farm, um, which would be interesting. There hasn't been a, a modern adaptation of Animal Farm in, in a very long time. Um, interesting book if you've never read it not very long, it's George Orwell uh, talking about the dangers of, of communism essentially um, in in terms of, of how in theory maybe it's a good idea but in practice it never works it would never work in actual practice it is, it is a, it is a f- logical fallacy it is a fallacy that people think it would actually ever work, humans are incapable of ever being truly equal, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, George Orwell, Animal Farm. It's actually one of my favorite books. It's uh, one of the few books I actually read in high school. <laughs> uh, I will fully admit that as well. Um, no, Animal Farm, Andy Circus, And if anyone's going to make a great ap- adaptation, it's Andy Serkis. Um, that's it for movie news. Uh, and final bit of the show tonight, I do want to talk about Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. I did see it today. I happen to have my day off today. And it is not as bad as the internet would have you think. Not a great movie by any stretch. But it is definitely not as bad as the internet would have you believe. Um, it's a little bland in places. The music is strange. There's a, there's a scene where Newt is, is trying to trick these like lobster scorpion creatures uh, with his brother. And it, it almost looks like they're they're doing like a Congo thing. And the music gets real tropical. And I'm like, this isn't a fucking comedy movie. What is what is this? It, it doesn't fit. And I know they've always done some musical cues like that in, in Harry Potter films. But it just, in this one and in this particular scene, it felt so out of place. So out of place. Um, I, yeah, I, it was, it was strange. I will say that. Uh, the music, again, we, just not great in general. Uh, the world building, though, was, was amazing. Um, and, it, and I'm a little thrown off by this, this election that they're having in the film. Um, I don't remember that ever being mentioned before 
in the wizarding world and I'm fairly versed in it and I I don't know granted Grindelwald tries to rig the election obviously doesn't win well wins but obviously it was fake right um yeah if you watch the movie you see all this uh spoilers um I I don't know why I said that that way no there's that's legitimate with spoilers spoilers uh, the story and how they rope Kowalski in, strange. Didn't really need him, but I like Dan Folger, so I'm happy he's still in the movies. Uh, Jessica Williams, who I'm a big fan of since she was on The Daily Show, plays a great new character in this movie. She plays a, a professor, an American professor of magic. Um, the one thing that I thought was really cool was we get to see the German Ministry of Magic totally looking the way I expect the German Ministry of Magic to look as well. Very brutalist, very um, very German pre-World War II style architecture and mentality. It just it was it was perfect. Um, seeing stuff in Bhutan was really cool uh, and the different, uh, ministers of magic as well involved in the film unfortunately not a lot of tina goldstein played by um waters waterston uh, i can't think of her name um but not enough of her character we really only see her at the very end of the film which is weird because she was a main character for the first two uh, obviously newt is the main character um Less focus on the beasts as well. Yes, they're still very heavily involved, but not like in the first film. And obviously it's all ham-fisted to make sure Newt can be in the movie. Um, I I think I know why people are a little upset about the whole Secrets of Dumbledore, and then it turns out um, it's not the secrets we expected, but I think think that's what the other issue is. I personally liked the whole storyline. It wasn't as it, it, like I said, it was a little daft at points and dull, but it it makes sense. And I don't know how the movie is going to work for Chinese audiences when they censor out all the uh, gay stuff, as if you if you want to call it that, uh, between Dumbledore and Grindelwald. Um, then it's really going to make less sense for sure. Mads Mikkelsen taking over from Johnny Depp, also great. I wish, I, I think he's better as Grindelwald than Depp was, to be honest. Uh, the Dumbledore storyline with, with Credence, not what you expect either, and I think it plays out better this way. And unfortunately, it seems like the franchise is on hold now. Uh, it looks like they, I know they announced they were going to do maybe five films, and the, the next two we're going to hang in the balance based on the performance of this one. And because it, it's not getting a great return, I think that's going to affect it immensely, the future of the franchise. Granted, this one ends in a way that it ends it. Like, if, if, they, if you don't get four or five, it's okay because it doesn't end on a cliffhanger. It doesn't, it doesn't do that. Um, the other thing I was going to say is... I don't know where you would go, though. Obviously, Grindelwald's on the loose still. Um, but it, that that's a more convoluted story than you would go, that you'd have to tell to fit like Newton and, and everyone back in. Uh, the, the couple detriments are, like I said, Tina not being in the film. Jude Law bounces back and forth with his, his, his accents on like either his natural accent and then trying to sound like um, Michael Gambon, Dumbledore in, in the future, obviously, in the Harry Potter films. And I, I wish we got a little bit more in Bhutan and seeing more of that. There was a little too much focus in Germany. Uh, also, I think, like, I don't think we needed to go back to Hogwarts that much. Um, luckily, it's limited. Also, the whole thing with, with Jacob in general, just floating around as a muggle in a lot of places, um, that was interesting, for sure. 
uh, in places that you wouldn't expect to see a, a, a muggle be allowed into. Uh, I like, though, that we didn't spend too much time at places we're familiar with, right? I, I do like that we didn't spend too much more time in, in New York, that we didn't spend too much time at, in London or at the British Ministry for Magic. I wish we spent more time in other parts of the world and their ministries of magic, though. Like I said, great seeing the German one. Wish we could have seen more, though. And uh, the mu- like I said, the music was weird in places. Um, the comedy was weird in places. The story falls a little flat. But I like where the story w- is, was, was how it was presented. A lot of people complaining online, like, oh, this is not... I, I think people went in with a certain... Uh, thought and a certain expectation and I, I don't think it was met and I think that's where most people's issue is I went in it with no expectation and came away somewhat enjoying the film um, like I said it's not as terrible as the internet would have you believe I know the critic score on Rotten is very low the user score on Rotten is quite high um, I would put it at a 7 I know that sounds high for me saying it's not great, but a seven is not great. A seven is, is good. It's a, it's a good movie. It's just not a great movie, and it's not a terrible movie. I, I wouldn't put it at a six, because I think six would make it mediocre, and I don't think it's mediocre. Uh, it's definitely the best of the three Fantastic Films, Fantastic Beast films. Um, and I, I think they're dealing with a bit of an identity crisis in terms of, of you know... This idea, uh, is it Fantastic Beasts? Are they trying to tell just, like, focus on the Grindelwald story? Just, like, if, if they're going to make another one, just go just go all in on the, the, the Grindelwald stuff. Like, we don't need Newt anymore. All right, I, I like Eddie Redmayne as Newt, but we don't need Newt anymore. Keep doing Jude Law as Dumbledore, too. I'm cool with that. Um, again, going back to Ezra getting arrested... They, 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 they leave the door open for him not having to be in the next film. I'll say that. I will say that. He does not need, necessarily need to be in the next one. And there, that door is open more than I thought there would be. Um, you can leave out, as much as I love Dan Folger, if they do make another one, he doesn't need to be there. Queenie doesn't need to be there. If we make another one, though, you need Tina. If you're going to bring... Newt back for another one, you need to bring T- Tina back. And I know maybe she's not available. But honestly, if you just go in with a Mads Mikkelsen as, as Grindelwald and Jude Law as Dumbledore and make it some other movie in the franchise and not tied to the Fantastic Beasts, it'd be fine. I think we could go all in on that. Or, or showing other portions of the Wizarding World. I think we could do that too. And, and I know, I know people don't want to support J.K. Rowling right now in, in, in a lot of ways. And, and honestly, just have her not write the script anymore. Let's do that. She's not good at writing scripts. I hated The Cursed Child. She wrote that script. That, that seventh Harry Potter book, whatever you want to call it, is not good at all. Um... And that's probably why people don't talk about it anymore. Uh, but no, Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore, not as bad as, as the internet might say, not as good as you might think, um, but I liked it. Uh, my other one final thing, the Harry Potter films have pr- gotten progressively darker. The Wizarding World films have gotten, gotten progressively darker. Stop making your film so dark because... I don't think every theater has good enough projectors to to show the quality anymore. Because in the beginning of the film, it's so dark, I thought the projector was, was old and busted because the picture quality was so low because of how dark it was in the scene. But that's it for Nixner News this week. Thank you guys for listening. Um, you know what? I, I forgot to mention RIP to... Helen Seinfeld, the, uh, of course, the character from the TV show Seinfeld. Um, what's her name? Uh, uh, Liz Sheridan passed away this week at 93. Same age as, as Estelle Harris when she passed uh, the week before, who played, of course, Estelle Costanza, George's mother. 
So both mothers from Seinfeld have passed away in the last few weeks. Um, all her, even though she wasn't in many episodes, she was always great as uh, as Jerry's mother in the show. But uh, that is it again for Nick's Nerd News. Thank you guys for stopping by. Uh, as always, check out nicksnerdnews.com where you can listen to the show right in your browser. Or if you prefer to listen to us on the go, you can find links to our Google Podcast subscription, our Apple Podcast subscription, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Music, all of those. You guys can listen to us on the go on your preferred platform of choice. Also, while you're there, check out Nick's, uh, check out our social media tab. You'll see our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter feeds all in one place. Or if you prefer... Just search Nixner News on your preferred social media platform of choice, and we'll be there for all your news and updates on a weekly basis. Thank you guys for listening. I will catch you guys on the flip side.